0: So, another one of the things or we look for or come to retreats for, is space. Life gets so dense and busy, and uh, retreat centres are generally placed, and the ones we enjoy, are placed in rather beautiful surroundings where there's an emphasis on space. You know, you know you've got maybe quite a large area of land with just a few huts on it or, and it's not full up and, it's not, and that's the way it should be <coughs> Space uh, is an essential ingredient to our lives otherwise everything clogs up as you can see in, in um, urban situations sometimes it gets very, very dense and impacted uh, physically and energetically just consider the amount of energies electronic, human that are just bombarding people in cities lights uh, um, internet and so forth so it's great when the power flows occasionally (laughs) it gets quiet (laughs) Uh, gets very dense and in that density the system sort of Activates our human system, our organic system. Activates. It's just nature, yeah. And one of the things you can enjoy when you're in a place like this is just, you know, just actually spending time, sitting on a bench, looking into the sky, doing nothing. <laughs> you know, and just, just, just easy. Let the space take you. Let the space touch you. Breathe into the space, let your body sense space. Let space into your day. Have these don't know moments where you don't know what you're supposed to do, and that's fine. Mm. <clears throat> let the space touch it. So it's not a space as being spaced out and disconnected. That's why, even though it's an important element, generally I like to introduce the element of ground, first of all. Because space that doesn't have ground is frightening. Yeah, where what what we're, it, we have to have that ground where we feel, yeah, there's there's some solidity here, there's some protection here. My system, I'm here, I'm fully here. Because again, what tends to happen in um, pressure situations is that our our energies get so involved in dealing with virtual realities of tomorrow and what I've got to do and what I should be and what people think of me, which is all just where's that, you know? In one way it's nowhere, in another way it's everywhere. It just saturates your, your system. Yeah. So that what I'm saying, I must say time and time again, these immaterial experiences, even if they're just pure fantasies, have no real existence, still they have an effect on you. Yeah, because they're, they're steeped in one's uncertainties, one's sense of need to be, one's anxieties, one's desires, one's fears, and these chitta effects—these are effects in the chitta, in the heart mind—and they they have a, a real effect. Yeah, they really begin to get into your body because your chitta. Your heart, mind, and your body, your, ener- your body as an energy system, they interact. And what goes into one goes into the other. That's just nature. That's just the way we're built. For the average person, say, you know. Those awakened beings who can disconnect but or, or doubt, discharge all that. But most of us find ourselves, particularly if you're not even aware of it, you don't even know it. So you just move around this stuff thinking, oh, it's just At the end of the day, it'll be over with. No, it's not. It's in your chitta. it starts to infect you. And over time, your know, whole system is, is, is saturated in that kind of experience. And, you know, let's not be too grim. There's all kinds of lovely things and joyful things and generous things. So, yes, it's part of that. That's part of it as well. All your good intentions all your good qualities will also come into your into your jitta and if you dwell upon them recollect them drink them in pause hold them in your heart they will also affect your kaya your body energy this is you know the way it is and the buddha often really encouraged people you know no matter how disease sickness sorrow loss please do remember your generosity your loving kindness because actually jitta if it's fully primed has the strength and the power to alleviate these effects jitta is actually the supreme it can it can heal the body it can heal our our pain, uh, it can can do this. Otherwise there will be no training, really. But the jitta, why we cultivate samadhi is because the jitta, heart, mind and the body have to have a strong, steady, trusting connection for that to occur, whereby, in a way, the, the beauty of your heart, the beauty of your intentions, the beauty of your actions begins to feed into your body, mind, your embodied sense, and you begin to feel a strange sense of uplift, resonance, well, I feel okay. You know, everything's going wrong, but I feel okay. If <laughs> you, you can come out of it, the world is as it is, but, you yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. But I'm okay in this, that, that is possible. So, you know, really working at this or interest in this place where the body and the mind are really not not separate. Now, again, you know, conventional understanding, mind is just dealing with thoughts which have no material effect. Body is just a material system with no intelligence in it. All well, this is this is really wrong. You know, the body is packed with intelligence. Um, how to digest, how to breathe, how to metabolise, how to power up, how to walk. You try and figure it out. You try to figure out how to walk, which muscle to contract at which time. You'd never get off your feet. you never go on your feet. You just Body knows how to do that. Body knows how to balance. You try and figure it out. You, know, you can stand on your head. The body knows how to do it. body knows all kinds of things that we take for granted as yeah but it's intelligent and the mind is not just purely theory it has a palpable effect as you recognize if you dwell in the heart of, of goodwill towards others you feel happy if you cultivate giving lovingness, you will definitely feel happy. It lifts you. It might, you know, maybe for a minute, two minutes, ten minutes. If you cultivate it steadily and you recollect it, it does lift. Yeah. You know? And that generosity is a generosity of giving time, giving service, giving dhamma. It's it's a it's a you know basic known piece. If you cultivate Sila, it makes you strong. It means you have a sense of. I know these intentions, that one's not coming in. Stop, and you get strong. I know the intention to grab and hurt. I know it, it's not happening. Stop, and you you get strong with that. And when you begin to feel this, this basic love and basic strength just coming through these two features alone, constantly recollected and dwelt upon, it comes into your body. I mean, it's not coming in. it's coming to your, your nervous system, you could say. Uh, and you gain self-respect and you gain a sense of uh, really knowing you have a beautiful heart. You know? And that you, nobody can take that away from you. Mm. So we begin to tune in. And this is really significant because so often we're just tuned into the spin. Of the world, we've got to somehow reach out and fit into the world of, you know. And what do you want to say? What do I want to say, it doesn't look so good to me, uh, you know. Consumerism-driven, rushing around, competition, dysfunction, social alienation, yeah. Inequality, abuse, Yeah. oh, join the circus, no, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, I'm not saying, when I say the word, I don't mean any particular country, any particular town, or it just mean worldliness, put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, we are in this domain where that's around, we're, we're in this domain where that's around. And we have to find a way to protect ourselves from that, and not just be hooked up to it all the time, as if this is the reality, this is the real world. Yeah, how real is the real world? (laughs) You know, currency goes up and down. You know, (laughs) how real is that? (laughs) How real is a government that changes, changes its mind? falls apart, you yeah, know, how real is that? How real is any of it, really? It's just masquerades, <coughs> circus. But, the, if you like, the reality of it is the drive and the compulsion and the capturing, <coughs> sucking-in quality of it. The reality is the mesmerising power to say, you belong to this, you must fit into this, this is the real thing, you must follow it. Now, I'm not saying it's not there, I'm not saying you have to nego- You don't have to negotiate with it, but I really, really would like you not to follow it, <laughs> not to feel hooked up to it. You know, find your way in it. You know, if you can live in this world, beginning to, come, you know, understand worldliness and begin to protect yourself from it, with your heart and with your the strength that the body, mind, and that can bring you then you have a way out of suffering. If you don't do that, I feel very sad for you. So, now, okay, you know, so we need some space. Space is the absence of pressure. Space is the absence of psychological pressure. Space is the absence of data overload, we're just handling too much information. Space is the absence of accumulating a massive to-do list and structuring your life according to that to-do list. Mm -hmm. So it's a reality that must happen. Space is the absence of the putting down of that. Space is the absence of some kind of curious obligation that you don't really, paying off a debt that you never owed. That's actually holding you down. Mm -hmm. Space is the absence of the demand that you make upon yourself to be something, get somewhere, achieve something, be something for somebody else. Space is the absence of that. Mm -hmm. So this is not just physical stuff. Physical stuff can give us, it like rings the bell, hey there's this, remember? Look at it, feel it around your body, really wrap yourself in it, feel it touching your skin, your eye, your eyelids, your throat, your chest, your fingers, under, you know, it's everywhere, feel it, feel it through your skin and if you feel it through your skin and you begin to resonate with that, oh, yeah. It's going to come into your chitta, into your heart mind. It must do. It cannot do otherwise. And of course, it doesn't come barging in because it's space. Space cannot push. It can't come in and sort. But you'll gradually find that your elements, your pressures will begin, if you keep in touch with that, they'll begin to become less pressured. More. Well, that's that. Mm -hmm. So. Uh-huh. That's spacious. Spacious is kind of vague. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. Some some things just become softer edged, less intensely figured, less intensely chiseled in. I am this. This is me. you go, wow. Know, uh. Oh yeah, there's definitely a me tendency here that makes that solid. And there's also uh uh-huh. mm. 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 What's that? <coughs> Why make so much out of it? Why sankare? Why construct a whole c- congestion around that? Yeah. Now, the, where one is deeply or the degree to which one is sort of drenched in you know this worldliness. I don't see and uh, you know, I, I, language is difficult. I don't want to kind of, kind of, add some sort of preaching tone to this. I don't. You know, you're all worldly people. We're all worldly people. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, so I'm not looking down. But the degree to which those messages of to have, to do, to become, to make, to construct, to build, have become not th- things we don't no longer have any choice over. They become imperatives. You know, then you lose space. I'm not saying you should never do anything, or build anything, or make anything, or... No, of course not. But the, you have a choice, you have the space. And then your actions are creative joy, offering, beauty. They're not just the driven sense, where there's no space, <clears throat> And then surely our actions can come with this true beauty that human beings are capable of And if you know if you're a, you know if you're a creative person like an artist or a painter or something like that well I don't know how it works for you. I can't conjure that up. I just have to get into a place and space and just go vague and listen. I don't know. Maybe it's this and so Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That, yeah, that, that feels nice. And something starts to arise. I do creative things. But I'm not a creator. <laughs> I don't I I've got to create something. I don't, you know, I don't, don't really have a whole structured plan for meditation and teaching or talks. I go, just go sort of, as long as I get some time to be vague and open, then things begin to come, you know, present themselves in in their own strange way. So yeah, then it's joyful. It's not, oh, did I give a good, have I got it prepared? You know, all sort of prepared, brilliant lecture that I'm going to dazzle everybody with. No, this isn't prepared. This is natural organic <laughs> yeah. So the space element you know, In various ways when you look at it in terms of your inner space your outer space your body space the spaciousness with which you Meditate you know, can you give yourself time in fact take the word time throw it out the window Time is an illusion, yeah. Chitta does not operate in time. It doesn't obey clocks as soon as you start to put a time boundary on it, then the grip begins. And it, it feels that, it feels the grip of you pressing. And it can't operate properly. It can't operate in terms of nature. It operates in terms of self. And the self is a constructed experience mm. which we need and we need to know how to construct it and we need also to know how to progressively dissolve it mm. so it's just open listening open attention mm. don't know how it's supposed to be maybe it's supposed to be here like this How does it feel? Stay in touch. Now the the kind of... um, the caveat or the word I would place against space that one should always be careful, space is not spacing out. It's connected space. It's space that holds you. It's space that... light quality that you can feel. It's not dissociation. So we say, you know, if you get the ground, Establish the ground. Get the body to feel the ground where some of those intense energies can just begin to feel safe and discharge into the ground just by the steadiness and the stillness. When I say the ground, I don't just mean physically sitting. I mean when you walk, you feel the ground. When you lie down, you feel the ground. This is a very coarse quality of it. Also, you begin to feel the ground of this is where I am. Like it or not, this is where I am. It's this. That's the ground of the mind. It's this now. It's just this now. And this is not self, not a person. It's just this. Hmm? That's free from intrusion, free from even me meddling with it. Hmm? Free from our self and so when you sense that then there's a sense the energy changes where you feel a sense of basic strength basic dignity basic safety and for sure you stay with that you're going to grow you're going to grow naturally, organically and as I've touched into these elemental properties the the kind of counterbalance or the you know, is to to the ground, which is the way the most coarse, firm, firmly and easily recognisable experience, you know, it's that is space, yeah. But they actually support each other. Without ground you don't have space because you're always just blowing around, ricocheting against one's own internal jangle <laughs> or the jangle around, yeah and without ground we tend to even seek jangle something i can do yeah. something i can occupy myself with something i can make happen yeah. so we kind of seek it because our our agitation kind of seeks something to to, to get connected to that, that will somehow make it feel sort of that it's connected we seek connection to Belong if you like Now the un, if we don't have ground we'll tend to belong and even, even inclined towards it in some strange way, sometimes frustration against even against their wishes. Like, here I go again, compulsively switching that thing on, <laughs> compulsively going on to social media compulsively why am I doing this? you know uh, because you want something to connect to. And of course, this is the big thing, isn't it? Social media now, one of these Facebooks and stuff like that, there's billions of people on it. Like, I think it's billions anyway. Well, large numbers. Gee, it's to feel connected. Wow. To feel connected. And yeah, there is some connection. You can talk to your friend in Helsinki or, or Basel or somewhere. Yeah, that's nice. But yeah, you know, you're going to stick photographs of your cat up for everybody in the world to see is that really (laughs) this is poopsie sitting on the porch (laughs) (laughs) you know i had pancakes yesterday well so now there's somebody outside the world is going to, oh good, yeah, well I'll send him some of my dog scratching himself (laughs) (laughs) just to feel we're connected wow, you know there's some fundamental human need there isn't there when we we exchange such trivia you know, again i am not being a i recognise that people do it because they need to why do they need to why do we need to what do i need to you know what is it we're all human beings what is the fundamental i need to connect okay that's that we might say is a very deep need but just what where's that connection really going to be most fulfilled now if you connect to a stuff that's always spinning out changing flickering what do you what's going to happen to you <laughs> you're doing the same aren't you you're in the tango <laughs> <laughs> The sangsara tango that's what you that's what you're going to be doing and then you know when that changes you'll find another another thing to do and the same thing goes on so it gets quite infectious so it's when all that changes breaks up it isn't you know it isn't reliable and you don't really we don't really know what reliable is actually because we maybe we have you know good friends we rely upon but oh so-and-so where is he now oh well you know oh so-and-so oh yeah oh she was so good and she's dead oh yeah shattered you know feel like your legs come off oh I had this you know really good friend and then things went weird and then I felt so hurt those are the most painful experiences aren't they when we have that human bonding connection, then something goes wrong somewhere, slowly, quickly, and there's this recognition in the pain. Probably the most, the most painful things we ever experience is that sudden cut off from another human. So, connection seems to be a big thing. You know, you, know, you can't fight against that some, something so fundamental, say, yeah and the buddha himself saying look for anyone you care for anyone you have respect for your friends your relatives please ask them to take refuge it is impossible if they take refuge and enter into connection with the refuge they cannot go to the realms of the animals hell or the hungry ghosts out of compassion please anyone you care for what's he mean saying we should all be card-carrying Buddhists. I don't think I should take the Buddha's words so lightly or so so superficially. Where, is it, where are the hell realms, hungry ghosts? Is it some kind of spooky thing that Buddhists believe in? Where do you think you are? <laughs> Have you listened? Have you looked around? Have you heard But don't you know where it is? Have you looked at the newspapers? You think the hell realm somewhere else? (laughs) Don't you see acts of tremendous demonic cruelty and barbarism and hatred? Don't you see? Don't you hear the endless Consumer grasping and hunger, hungry ghosts, an insatiable appetite. Don't you see that? Don't you see people with millions wanting millions more? People with addictions gobbling more and more and more. Don't you see it? Don't you hear it? So you know, it's not something you have to kind of imagine these little men on the other side of Mars with funny hats on. It's, it's, we're in it. But, we're in it, we don't have to be of it. Buddha lived in this. So when we take refuge, it's not just a matter of, I believe in Buddha Dung Sangha, it's we're entering into the domain of the Awakened Ones, and we can still do this. The understanding of the Awakened Ones the teachings of the Awakened Ones, the companionship of those who follow the Awakened Ones, they are the reliable ones, the ones whose sealer is strong, do not hurt, lie, abuse, manipulate, Mm -hmm. the ones whose kindness is strong, can bear with you, Mm -hmm. whose capacity to you know, through your ups and downs, mm-hmm. you connect to that and your chitta, is going to do you so much good because your chitta picks up that and some of the fear and the loneliness and the desperate need to cling to this craziness is alleviated to something else you can bond to. Mm-hmm. And drink it in and it begins to set you free. It asks to believe, cling to Buddhism, but there is a light touch, which is not the frantic, grasping, clinging, which is alignment, bonding, in a skillful way, fellowship. So you pick up the tune, you pick up the theme, you pick up the atmosphere, you take it in, and it begins to work on some very stuck, and sometimes baffling and frustrating experiences in your body mind that, with the best intentions, you've never been able to figure your way out of, because you can't do it. Your brain can't do it, your head can't do it, yourself can't do it. But it doesn't mean, you know, a whole lot of other people can get there and sort you out. It means that. This teaching and this practice will help your system to begin to unpack some of the intensity of this self-experience, and you begin to experience another kind of reality. And I don't want to sound spooky here, but just the, as the self-package becomes lighter, you begin to sense dimensions, domains that perhaps you only have vague words for, yeah where the pressure's off, where there's a sense of innate beauty, innate strength, <coughs> innate clarity, somewhat mysterious, but you didn't make it, mm. you don't own it, you just plugged into it, and as you plugged that it gives you the security, the strength, the bonding, and you're governing, organising, controlling very good intentioned but unawakened self can begin to melt, dissolve into something more spacious as the saying is the Dhamma upholds those who uphold it as we enter Dhamma it holds us and it holds us better than we do yeah and with some you know, some res- res- begin to tune in, recognize just how much you hold yourself. You hold your independence. Mm. You hold on to yourself. Mm. We hold on to ourselves. Let's it's be universal about this. And because of the pressure, and the lovelessness, and the toxicity of the domain, we have to hold ourselves. Hold ourselves tightly. And it's an effect of that. You know, I'm independent, competent, skilled. You know, I know what I'm doing. You know, really tight. There's an effect. There's an effect on that. And, you know, people crack up under this stuff. Or they become completely so, you know, egomaniacs. <laughs> and they're just bound up in their own package. Uh, but, nature rescues us, for those who wish to, those who seek, nature, dhamma is nature, dhamma is the natural, it will, it will rescue us, uh, we're humans, we're not actually hungry ghosts and demons, we're humans in this, and nature is here, dhamma is here, one of the elements of it is... Absolutely, boundless space. There's no limit. It's measureless. It's called the measurelessness. Um, the pressurelessness. Uh, the harmony. The un- the thing you don't have to organize. Mm-hmm. You just have to organize how to listen, and tune into it. Through your heart, through your mind, through your body, through your fingertips, through your skin, through your bones. It's in all of that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep reminding so the body and the mind are not separate now let's go back to space again you know, now even when we have a situation such as this we have our own little living spaces certainly big enough Hopefully the routine isn't too intense. You can have some options, some choices. Yeah. Um, there's this lovely space out there. You can move around in. Feel your body moving around in. Encourage you to do that. Walking. Yeah. Taking it in. Um, it really, and you know this, but it gets full. How does it get filled up? So excessive vitakka essentially, too much what well, they call too much thinking, <laughs> uh, too much of this uh, mental stuff happening. So we get into our own spin. We carry our our, our compactedness. So. You know, Sometimes just letting it go a bit vague, spacious. Widen your attention. Attend to space. Pick up the sign of it. This is a very important element. Blessed space. Grounded space. All the time in the world. To let a thought arise, pass, doesn't have to mean anything. And things begin to, sort kind of unpack. One of the qualities that perhaps we find occasionally, or, or uh, beautifully, the, the friend, mm-hmm. advisor, the spiritual friend, who helps you to unpack. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. So certainly, generally, you know, this kind of is a. thought purely monks or teachers or nuns it's just anyone who can help me do that and what i've noticed with this is it's just it's just somebody it's that presence which just offers space connected space and things can get unpacked this that it doesn't have to have an answer fix it change it analyze it just uh unpacks and sometimes that's all we need to do just, just, you know, unpack, <laughs> and you look at this stuff, and well oh, look at that, and some of it begins to melt or lose its intensity, because the unpacking has allowed space, and space definitely is not nothing. It's a, it's a medium, it's experienceable and it allows us, us to unhook from the world of driven demand grab get hmm. space element so i just it's somehow for who knows why but I was recollecting a young man we had in the monastery who was a monk, and obviously people become monks or nuns for some not necessarily a reason, but some certainly a sort of casual thing. People want to move into it because they need something. Often they need community, or they need stillness, or they need space, or they you know, and they're expressing that need. I, I need to be connected. I need. I need to be able to have that affirmation of values, sila, generosity, whatever, you know. And of course renunciation, which is the peace that sets you free. You know, dana makes you happy, (laughs) sila makes you strong, renunciation is the ability to, you know, set you free. And so this is a very attractive option for... (laughs) 1% 1% <laughs> who has the, you know, whatever it is, the time, the interest, or the to to uh, attempt, or just to play with it for a You can do it for a year, six months, five years, two years, three years. It's just a, uh, an option. But anyway, so this young, young man was there, and he he come from, I think, the Balkans, which at that time had been in this severe, well, it's been in severe conflict for centuries actually it's a very contested conflicted area of many different subnationalities and religions and languages adjusting together in, in degrees of uh, acrimony and then I think this was also the time when the, uh, there was the big wars going on Serbia Bosnia Croatia so in fact he taking that in I mean he hadn't deliberately taken it he's just being in that you absorb the tension, the fear, the acrimony, the sense of division, and it sometimes cuts into families where suddenly the son gets taken out to join the army and get killed you know, for no reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. People get people get disappeared, They call it. Dis- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So he, he was in that and, uh, you know, you don't, really, you don't really understand it when you're living in little England, little noddy land, you know, there's water around it. He's <laughs> so it's, it's got his own madness, but it, it, you don't really understand it. So you think, oh, it's just another person. Welcome, It's like French or Spanish. Okay, good. And you realise this, this man, can, he can only sit in a room if he sits in the extreme corner of it. So he sits, in a square room, he sits as far as he can away to, 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 he's got two walls, he's sitting in the corner, so there's one wall and the other wall, he can feel his back, he's just got this little bit of space in front of him. Yeah. He's got one wall on his left side, and one on his right side, to his back in his corner, and he's sitting there, and you can see he's kind of stiff, and it's as far as he can be away from other people and people are just talking about oh yeah well, who's doing the laundry today yeah okay so uh, and so can you do washing up So just ordinary stuff nothing intense yes. uh, let's do the washing up today so and so so and so okay take the garbage out yeah, fine tea. anything else saying say? no. there's nothing about what's going on in the room it's just the fact of, of existence has pushed him into this corner to find some kind of safety and it's nothing to do with anything that's happening apparently in the here and now but the jitta doesn't goes beyond time so his jitta is still charged with that incredible desperate need to feel safe and yet also hunger i want to belong to the sangha you know so there's this Conflict. I want to belong to you, but I'm frightened to come out of my corner. Yeah. So there's these two conflicting messages: the deep need to connect, but perhaps an even deeper need for safety. So he's in this community. I mean, it's very clear what it's going to be about. Because it takes it takes a process to get into this thing. You know, you don't just rock up at the door and they say, "Come in." No, no, you've got to wait three months, four months, five months, six months before. People feel, yeah, you can, you know, yeah, it works for you. So he wants to come in the community. He showed he wants to be in a community, and yet he's scared stiff of people. You know, and you see, this is the paradigm. Yeah, And because there's a human need to connect, there's also an t- incredible need for security. So, you see, just, you know, leave the guy some space. And so he's... But he doesn't want to be on his own. He wants to be where he can just have one feeler out of his shell for community people. Most of them still in the shell. Just get that one little feeler out to you know, sense you know that it's okay to there are other people there, you're not on your own. So he's kind of And you think, what do you do? Meditate? Is that the answer? (laughs) What does that mean? Is it about learning chant? I don't think that's You know, it's something that's much more contextual, much more at a very primary level. It's not about you know counting your breaths Isn't going to do it. You know, and you get to the fundamental need and actually you know what a person needed was just a person to listen to be a listener to talk say what it is who he could sense wasn't going to have any kind of authority um, judgment correction just that you know? and this actually is what what helped him eventually to come out, to enable that to, to, to that process to come to some uh, conclusion, some completion. And I imagine that, uh, as most of us did, we want to go in and say, oh, what, what, what do you need? What, how can I help you? Know, sort of some advice or cheer up or... <laughs> or something, or why don't you, you know, because because it'd always have to be a part well join in, no, you know, you can't that is still putting too much into that there's only one tiny little feeler able to go out of that shell you can't put too much on it because it just couldn't handle it you know there's only one little antennae going out and you can't put much in that otherwise it just withers so you just have to give it space and gentle it's fine, it's fine, you're safe, you're okay, you can be there, just, you know? and here's the space, here's the space. It's not a space of a deserting you, because he's had that, he's had the space of loss and desertion, it's not that space, it's connected space. And just gradually seeing that, that antennae that begin to quiver, <laughs> if you see what I mean, and, oh, there's a person there, you know. But again, you know, whatever one can do or not do, you recognise essentially, it's the space is encouraging all of us to, at our own time, feel our strength and our beauty. However small, subtle whispering that is. Yeah. Because it's only that that can do it. So even as Buddha said, the targeters can only point the way. Yeah. They can offer. But they offer something that can begin to respond, catalyze. Nature starts growing. It starts growing starts growing. You just hold the space. Hold the space. Let nature, let Dhamma have its effects. This is where that quality I call Saddhar or faith or I began talking about it, it's, it's something perhaps the word itself we feel a little bit uneasy about, is that a belief, is it praying to somebody, it means a sense of innate confidence or there's something better, I can't quite see where it is or how I do it, or where I, but it's something that could be better for me, yeah, there is something, It's an aspiration, as the aspiration is sensed then it begins to come into uh, aspiration becomes something like inspiration and then it becomes confidence and it's a confidence not in anything uh, 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 myself as such but confidence Supreme confidence is it can only occur, can only be given to the Dhamma, the, the transcendent, yeah. You know, however you want to configure that, that's the that's the only place it can really hold that. So, part of, pra- part of my practice anyway is a, a quality I would call devotion, surrender to that. You know. I eventually I kind of trust that more than I do. I trust myself, <laughs> uh, my my ideas, my intentions, my how good they are, I trust that, and i regularly open to that, want, you know, please guide me, help me. It's not God, but there is, or maybe it is, some people might call it that, but there is uh, uh, sensitivity, a touch, a lightness that does not impede, allows. It stays in touch. Yeah. We all have access to that. The doors that are open. Mm. This is our priceless gift as human beings. So this morning, please take some space. And... Uh, Enjoy and uh, be blessed.